This is Yemen News. My name is Alex Williams. Today is April 22nd. Over the last 24 hours, many parts of Yemen have seen flooding. Uh, there's been a lot of rain in different governorates throughout Yemen. Uh, it's caused destruction because of poor infrastructure. And a lot of people have lost their homes. We even have reports of uh, two little boys in Aden who have drowned. And uh, I saw some of the video and it was just very tragic to see these boys so young that drowned. And uh, there's also a lot of stories of uh, people who have lost their homes, um, flooding and, and vehicles and a lot of property destroyed. And so today we want to remember all those in Yemen today that are dealing with the flooding and that they would have the help that they that they need to rebuild and get back to get back to life. We have the pleasure to be speaking to Malaka Sabri once again. She's from Daez and working for Yemen Vision, a local NGO. Malaka is going to be highlighting for us some stories and initiatives in the food security sector and health. But also she'll be talking to us about the psychosocial training that they're doing and also the trauma awareness that they're bringing to both educators and parents as they're helping children deal with trauma, as they're dealing with the war now going into the sixth year. So welcome, Malak. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you once again. Hi, Alex. Thank you very much for giving me a chance to be in your show for the second time. Malak, I know you were involved in monitoring and evaluation, both calling beneficiaries to follow up on projects, but also visiting with Yemenis and different governorates. Uh, tell me a story from some of your work during that time. Well, uh, working in the field of monitoring and evaluation added a lot of experience to me as a person, as it gave me a chance to get closer to beneficiaries and understand their suffering, as well as the impact of what we do. In every call, I talk to different people and I listen to their stories. Many of their stories are still clinging in my memory. One uh, was about a woman named Antasar, the same as my mother. This woman was targeted in one of the food basket distributions. Intisar unfortunately lost both her home and husband as a result of a rocket falling in her neighborhood in Al-Qahira district. She escaped death along with her two young daughters and found herself a widow and a struggling single mother of two girls with no place to stay and no money to feed her children. She went to her sister's home, who was already extremely poor, and she told me four days before she received the food basket from us, she used to walk long miles and collect whatever wild plants or herbs she could find and cook it for her children because she couldn't bear to see them dying in front of her eyes. You know, as she was telling me that story, I imagined my own mother wandering around out on the mountain to gather grass and leaves, working so hard just to give her daughter something, even though surely it could hardly fill their stomachs. I really cannot imagine what it's like to be so hungry that you would eat leaves and grass. And of course, we know this could not provide the nourishment these girls needed to grow and develop properly. She told me the food basket that she received from us, it was like a lifeline for her and her children. Can't imagine what it's like to be so hungry one would go into the forest looking for leaves and grass. I think what you're, what you're doing and what Yemen Vision is doing is, is really important, you know, going into the field and, and hearing these stories and, and really meeting these people and meeting their needs where they're at. 
Earlier, you were telling me how the University of Texas donated a clinic built out of a shipping container, and then it was sent to Yemen. Tell me about that. Uh, yes, that was January 15, 2019, when we at Yemen Beijing received the first container clinic, which is a clinic that was built inside a shipping container. I was there with the team, and I still remember how people in that area responded. One of them was a man in his 30s who was very excited and helping the team establish the clinic. He told us that uh, last year he was extremely happy to know that his wife was pregnant for the first time since they got married five years ago. The wife was suffering from pregnancy complications, which requires her to be under continuous clinical observations. And due to lack of uh, health care centers in that area, the husband had to take her to, to a hospital located in another district, which added a huge financial pressure to him especially after he lost his job as a result of the war in Yemen. After two weeks, on Friday morning, the wife was uh, heavily bleeding and he waited long hours just to find transportation to take her to the hospital, trying to save her and uh, the baby's life. But uh, unfortunately, it was too late, so she miscarried in the third trimester. That's very sad. It's very tragic to hear such stories. But I'm glad that this container clinic is now in that area and hopefully in time it can serve a lot of people. Like you've also told me about how you're supporting also psychosocial activities. Why do you think psychosocial support and trauma awareness is so important for Yemenis? Actually, I started thinking about the importance of psychosocial support because of the children in my neighborhood. You know, in my neighborhood, there is a large empty yard where I used to play with uh, my neighbors when I was a little girl. And uh, when I grew up, you know, every afternoon when I came back from university, I used to see children gathering in this yard, just, you know, some of them playing football and others playing hide and seek, eating candies, you know, laughing like uncles, and they made me smile. However, after the war started, I noticed that they started to play very aggressive games. For example, acting as two fighting parties and killing each other by fake guns and etc. And that sense actually shocked me. And I felt I really needed to do something to try to help these children recover and live you know, their normal childhood before it's too late. Because I believe that if we ignore them, they will be attacking time bombs. And once they grow up, they will be exploded at any time. And, you know, one day the war will end. However, the traumatic memories of the war will last longer, and if we don't help people deal with them, they can be more dangerous than the war itself. It's very true what you said, Nalak. Tell me about the children that you're training and some of the psychosocial support activities that you're involved with. Yes, uh, Mariam is one of the children who was targeted by the psychosocial support activities. Mariam is 13, and uh, she pursued into tears in the group's psychosocial support session when she started to narrate her tragic story. Her family's small home in the Mudaffar area was totally destroyed in the war. The house uh, turned into rubble and they lost all their properties. The girl saw two of her brothers die in front of her eyes and she still remembered all the details of that incident. You know, it's very difficult for any one of us to, to see a loved one die, but can you imagine for a 13-year-old girl to see a family in Paris killed so violently in front of her eyes? Can you imagine, you know, the images that would be shared into her memory? It's very difficult. You're right. 
I myself can't begin to imagine what it's like to see a close family member murdered in front of me. I mean, much less seeing that as a child. But tell me, how do you help these children? I would say something here. Uh, the psychotherapist uh, who was with the team, you know, supported her with some instructions and allowed her to express all the negative feelings through some games and um, she received awards along with the targeted group in the session. And uh, in the end of the session, she said um, she felt relief and said she got rid of those negative feelings inside her and she could break the pattern of fear and asked us to, con to continue doing the same work with the children in her age. You know, uh, people in Yemen still do not know how to deal properly with children who live with a traumatic memory, and they are unaware of the long-term consequences of it. So uh, that's why in our uh, psychosocial support trainings, we target uh, teachers and parents to help them understand trauma and how, to, uh, how it impacts their lives and relationships. And uh, also, I think it is uh, very important to teach them how to cope with stress and traumatic uh, circumstances, especially for those living in Yemen now. That's wonderful to hear, Malak. I'm glad you're there with the teachers and the parents, and you're helping them to understand what trauma is and, and how to cope with stress and traumatic circumstances. I think it's even more important now that, you know, they, they may be facing COVID-19 in Yemen uh, along with all the other challenges that they have. So thank you, Malak. Thank you for being on, on the call again today. Uh, I appreciate that. And I really just encourage you to keep going in the different projects that you're doing. So thank you, Malak. Thank you very much, Alex, for your encouragement and support. And uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you again for having me. Bye. That was Malak from Yemen Vision. She told us the story of Intisar and how her life was saved. And how not only is, are they doing food distribution in Yemen, but they're also doing psychosocial training with the children and the parents and helping them to discover what trauma is and, and how to deal with it during this war. That's it for me today. My name is Alex Williams, and this is Yemen News. Mm -hmm.